Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This is the broadcast for September the 10th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law, the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And as you also know, it's a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled, we're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time Friday. And yeah, we got a lot of work to get that done. I'll tell you that right now. Quick recap of yesterday's show. We had our guest on Brian Rust, RustQuinnandGift.com, doing a phenomenal job. We had Kirk Crosby with us in the roundtable as well, LocalHoneyMan.com. We talked about the Honest Money Report, gold and silver spot prices. But in the fake news realm, why do we let the government get away with fake news, ladies and gentlemen? Let me give you the example. You take a dollar out of your wallet, it's a paper dollar, a fiat dollar, a Federal Reserve dollar. And you hold that in your left hand, and then you go to the, well, the United States Mint. Yeah, the Treasury. You go there and you get one of their 2021 newly minted Silver Eagle Silver Dollars. And you grab that dude and you look at it and it says 99, whatever it is, point something, Troy ounce. So it's one ounce of silver. And it says on it $1. And it's minted by your government. Now you hold that dude in your right hand and, well, spot price says it's like $24 to one or $22 to one or whatever the latest date is on spot prices of silver. That's the quote metal value, if you will. And you go, wait a minute, why would it take 24 to one? Well, because they've lied to you and they've destroyed your money. Make it worse. You can't go get one of these shiny 2021 Silver Eagle silver dollars from your treasury for 22 or 24, whatever the spot price is. No, 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 it costs about $36 right now for one of them. So now hold that fake fiat dollar in your left hand and then hold the Silver Eagle, minted by your government every year, 2021, they made them as well, this year. And you got to have $36 in your left hand, 36 pieces of paper, to buy one Silver Eagle, Silver Dollar in your right hand. The government, literally in writing, claims they're both a dollar. I got one question with a real dollar. Please stand up. Fact check, ladies and gentlemen. Post about ivermectin and Afghan refugees is missing context, says USA Today. I got to fact check the fact checkers. USA Today fact check is a lie, ladies and gentlemen. So you got to learn to divide safe and effective for a second. If you want to get to the bottom of the truth. What am I talking about? Well, ivermectin, they say, is not safe. Don't take it. It's horsey poop. Don't do it. It's bad. CDC doesn't recommend it. Well, then why are they giving it to the refugees? Well, they are. Are they trying to suggest the F- the refugees are like horses or stupid? Or are they giving unsafe medication to the refugees? No, they're just lying to the American people. The CDC for a long time has recommended 
and the government has given refugees ivermectin for years. So the uh, USA Today people say, see, when the patriots bring this up, they're wrong because, well, they're giving the refugees ivermectin for worms, not for COVID. Right now you're talking about the effectiveness or the on use purpose for a drug or whatever you want to say. That's fine. Set that aside. Set aside the effectiveness for a minute. Just talk safety. Either ivermectin is safe for the refugees or it is not. Well, of course it is, Sam. The CDC says it is. And of course it'll treat them if they have worms effectively. It does a great job. It has for decades. Fine. Then why are they telling me and doctors that it's not safe? Say, if I have COVID, why don't I just say I need them to deworm me? The point is, they're lying to you. Okay, they tried to say that because we say ivermectin is given to the refugees, um, we're misleading because we're kind of suggesting that it's given because of COVID. I'm not saying they're giving the refugees ivermectin because of COVID. I'm merely pointing out when the government suggests that it's not safe, don't take it. Well, why are they giving it to the refugees then? See? Now, the effectiveness is a different discussion. But fact-checking the fact-checkers, USA Today is misleading because they're saying, ah, look at these patriots. They're acting like, you know, it, uh, the government's giving it to refugees for COVID. We never said that. I'm not saying that, although it probably helps get rid of COVID along the way. <laughs> I, I agree they're giving it for worms, and they have for years. But if you're going to run around and tell me that ivermectin isn't safe, then stop giving it to the refugees. Okay, the problem is the government lies to you, and then they lie about their lies because the lie is, hey, ivermectin's not safe. Then we expose and say, well, then why are they giving it to the refugees? Then they come back and go, we got to fact check the posts about the ivermectin. Yeah, it's missing context there. That's right. The real context is that you're missing. You got to divide safe and effective for a second. We can debate the effectiveness of ivermectin, okay, for COVID-19. That's a debate we can have, and I'm convinced frontline doctors will win. Nevertheless, on the safe discussion, we got to fact check the fact checkers. Now they're giving you information out of context. I'm talking ivermectin is safe for the refugees, so don't run around and act like it's horsey poop and horsey whatever. Uh, you know, horsey dewormer, it's not for humans. Come on, you're not a horse. Don't play that lie game. And then when I call it out about the refugees, then don't play the game a little bit more and suggest that I'm missing context. No, no, no. You're all missing context and relevancy. The fact is you got to divide safe and effective. And when you say safe, ivermectin has been proven safe according to every document out there except for the latest F, or I'm sorry, CDC lies. That's the truth. All right. Two Bank of America, uh, I guess they're ex-Bank of America traders. I guess they were spoofing, and they were found guilty, Edward Basis and John Basilio. I guess they were convicted of rigging precious metals prices after a criminal trial in Chicago. So they got busted. Yeah, rigging pre precious metal prices. Interesting how that all happens on paper, and your government allows it to happen. And we've documented about every six months to a year, another group of people gets busted for spoofing, for manipulating metal prices. No wonder it cost me so many dollars to buy a dollar, huh? All right, we talked about the White House new COVID measures coming 
for people who are unvaccinated. We talked about that a little bit. Biden went berserk yesterday. We'll get into that next hour with Dr. Scott Bradley. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem signed an executive order prohibiting telemedicine and remote prescriptions to be used to murder babies. Some are mocking her, saying she's just following Texas. My response is good on her. Let's stand up for pro-life, shall we? Our row, meaning Roe versus Wade, our roads, days, numbered. Supreme Court takes up pivotal case. I sure pray the answer is yes, but I don't think the Supreme Court has the guts to do it. Second hour, months after denigrating Tim Tebow, they come crawling back. ESPN wants Tim Tebow. Turns out he's going to be on, uh, what is it, first take with Stephen A. Smith? Yeah, every Friday. So there you have that. Tim Tebow doing a great job. We talked about wildfires and drought can't stop the wine country's hot real estate market. So the big rich cats are loving California, despite the economic turmoil with fires. But Texas outcompetes other states economically, and many people in California, people who are not rich and people who are owning businesses, are fleeing to Texas in droves, ladies and gentlemen. CVS hit with 39,000 thefts every day. They're melting down, but our policies are just the problem. We also talked about the biggest crash in world history. Yeah, it's coming. Robert Kiyosaki says that. I used to have tremendous respect for him. Now I don't. Personal interactions have kind of soured me on the guy, not to mention his F-bombs and his speeches and everything else. Uh, The guy's a godless money chaser, in my humble opinion. Um, But he believes the biggest crash in world history is coming. Does Rich Dad Poor Dad know? Don't know. I believe the crash is coming. I just don't know when is the problem. All fiat money systems fail, so don't expect ours to be any different. Diner of an owner who refused service to Biden fans. I guess they had to close early. They had so many people coming in for food, they ran out of food. Great news. Great example of a peaceful uh, person claiming, you know what? We don't want your abuses. All right. We also talked about zap to it. Walking on wood can power and create electricity. There's new experiments going on with that. And we highlighted them for you. We also talked about Georgia backpacks used to stuff ballot boxes. There's a video about it, but of course you can't get election fraud truth to the courts or anywhere that matters. Uh, But we've documented 99 ways from Sunday that vote fraud did occur and does occur and will continue to occur. We also talked about Steve Bannon has a plan. It's a great plan, by the way. And believe it or not, it's the plan that I came up with first. Yeah, as followers are acting on it, they say, let's become election precinct leaders. And now the liberals are going berserk going, Well, wait a minute. You're not really supposed to get that involved in your government. Yes, we are. We should have gone to every precinct in the country right after the the election fraud with Joe Biden, this latest election. And we should have challenged every precinct to create accountability and transparency in their vote tallies. And if they couldn't do it, we should have sued every single precinct in America. There's thousands of them, ladies and gentlemen. But we didn't, and now we're suffering. But Steve Bannon and crew are saying, let's become local precinct leaders and let's get it done. Amen to that. Good for Bannon. Good for everyone who wants to see transparency in elections and accountability with vote counts. Quick pause. Chris Carlson next. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. 
Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Sir Galahad, what seems to be the problem? Well, it's just not working. She's been very unrealistic. Really? Ever since he rescued me from the dragon, we've been drifting apart. That's not true. We were supposed to live happily ever after. Well, this isn't a fairy tale. <laughs> At first, he was gallant and chivalrous, opening doors for me, holding my chair, taking my arm. All right, I'm not as young as I used to be. He simply isn't the man who swept me off my feet. Well, you're not as young as you used to be. <laughs> Mr. Sir Galahad, maybe if you started by just holding Mrs. Sir Galahad's hand when you're together. Really? Yes, try it. Okay. All right, go on, take her hand. Careful, little oil. Marriage, you're never too far apart when you're still holding hands. From your neighbors, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, look into each other's eyes. That's right, raise your visor. Oh, the blue dude. For more tips on strengthening your marriage, visit family.mormon.org. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Carlson on your radio. Welcome, my friend. Yes, sir. Without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose, Sam. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we do need to be engaged in that fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. Roger that. 9-11, ladies and gentlemen, 20 years, what, tomorrow? Uh, wow, we're going to talk about it today. Some are calling it a commemoration. I don't like that kind of a term for such a, uh, in my opinion, false flag operation, Chris. Well, it was a victory for the deep state. you got to look at it from that perspective. And I, I was on to this pretty much from the beginning. So we're going to talk about the 9-11 report, which to me, if I could use an analogy, Sam, looks like a big hunk of Swiss cheese because there's a ton of holes in it. And we're going to talk about about five of those if we get to all five. The inconsistencies um, physically and as far as the narrative is concerned of, of how this w obviously was not the way the government would like us to believe it. So should we get started? We shall. I don't really believe it to be a commemoration. That's kind of a remembrance of, an honoring of, a, an appreciation for. And, and, and I get those people who lost their lives, those people who were first responders, those people who, um, you know, did all that they could. I get uh, that those people in many ways are heroes. I understand all that. But I also understand that we cannot get mixed up in when our government betrays us uh, and then uh, acting as if they're heroes. It reminds me of going to unjust, unconstitutional wars. And then when everybody gets back, we commend them for being heroes. They may to some degree be heroes, uh, but what they don't know is the problem. Uh, and, I, and I really find the same thing with the 9-11 Truth Movement. And the only reason I want to spend time articulating that is I don't want to mix up what we're saying. We believe the government's corrupt. I believe Saudi Arabia and um, 
our government committed this horrific crime back in 2000 and what one right okay but i also i also believe though uh, that there are a lot of good people that and what we don't want to do is when we try to get to the truth on this we're not attacking the good people that may have meant well that may have not known what was going on uh, that may have you know tried to save lives and protect people and help people we want to separate those issues very carefully it's kind of like criticizing the vietnam war you know the guy that was forced there by your government due to um what is it called conscription i'm not blaming that guy that guy probably is a hero doing the best they could in the situation they were in i get all that but at the same time you got to look at the whole picture and say the thing was corrupt all the way through and should have never happened and that's really the the, the summation of what i want to say at the start of this uh, because we're not trying to attack good honest innocent people we are doing our very best to get to the truth on 9-11 and there's so many truths that need to be focused on it's not even funny um, the biggest kind of failure in my opinion uh, and if you took that failure alone you might call it a failure but when you add it to all the other evidence that we have you kind of go mm, it's not a failure it was intentional they didn't scramble any military jets when, hey, a lot of these planes went off the radar and went haywire. They didn't carry out the time-tested normal response that happens hundred times of hundreds of times a year, Chris. Well, an hour and a half went by. You know, when the the flight ninety-three went down in Shanksville, there was a, an entire period of time, an hour and a half, where no jets were scrambled at any point, and it only takes ten minutes to scramble a jet from the time that uh, the National Military Command Center and NORAD get word from the Federal Aviation Administration, it only takes 10 minutes to get those jets up in the air and intercepting um, a commercial airliner or a private uh, plane that has gone off course. Yet they had an hour and a half and um, there's really no explanation for that. So let's, let's talk about American Airlines Flight 11. It, it left Boston at 7.59. By 8.14, the transponder and the radio had been disconnected. So at that point, uh, red flags were raised. But by 8.20, it had gone radically off course. And then in, at 8.46, and uh, 25 minutes later, is when it hit the North Tower of the World Trade Center. That's 25 minutes. Like I said, it, it only takes 10 minutes. And the FAA, the, the tra traffic controllers at um, the Boston airport knew, I mean, this is documented, knew by 820 that it had gone off course. Where were those um, F-16 fighter jets, Sam? That's what I would like to know. And well, and they don't really know that it went off course at that point. What they know is that it disappeared from their radar. Well, they have radar. Connectivity. Well, yeah. Well, they do have right. radar, so they they do know that it went off course. Uh, and I and I look at this and I go, okay, well, why not the normal reaction? And as far as we understand, they were told to stand down, not scramble the military jets, right? Well, apparently, I, that's not part of the 9/11 report, as far as I know, Sam. Uh, obviously, they're not going to come out and say, well, we we gave a stand down order. Maybe you no, have but hold information on, hold on, hold on. I don't. Somebody okay. had to give a stand down order because normal protocol is to act. Exactly. Yeah, they had to have given the stand down order. But nobody's coming forth and, and clarifying that discrepancy is what I'm saying. And if hold on. And if it wasn't a stand down order, if it was just that somehow it didn't happen because of a technical problem or a confusion, that should be documented in the 9-11 report and has been left out as well. 
So what I'm trying to get at is either way, it doesn't look good when it comes to the transparency and the truth. And a lot of people would, would might rationalize, well, this doesn't happen every day. I mean, obviously, people are going to be confused. Uh, the fact of the matter is that this happens over 100 times a year. I mean, this is routine. This is not something uh, that only happens once in, blue, in a blue moon. It's a routine military defense operation that occurs even today regularly if if you know some knuckle-headed uh, private airplane owner decides he's going to fly over washington dc which happens occasionally you know they have to make sure that that individual is escorted away from from that restricted airspace so it happens all the time so that they can't use that as an excuse is what i'm saying um that's right anyway very serious problem with that on its face but if that's not enough Stephen Jones documented, gave his whole career up over WTC buildings were taken down by thermite explosives. This is a critical one you really need to understand. Why would this Stephen Jones, Brigham Young University professor, stand up, research it, come away with a completely different conclusion from the 9-11 report, from the government official story, and then literally lose his whole career over this discussion saying, I've got to tell the truth. Okay, this is a physics professor who documented his work quite with incredible detail, Chris. Yeah, and his unceremonious release from the faculty of BYU, Brigham Young University, coincided with a visit from Dick Cheney, believe it or not, who, by the way, if it's any consolation to you people who um, are sympathetic to the neocon cause, was given by Brigham Young University an honorary um, doctorate degree. <laughs> but Stephen Jones was released. He was forced. He was forced out. I actually asked him this last Monday, and he he confirmed the fact that he he wasn't given a choice. He was, and the reason he gave for that, um, and it sounds kind of bogus, that his um, peer-reviewed articles were published in unreputable magazines or sources. That that's what he told me. Well, and my response is uh, because the reputable ones aren't willing to tell the truth. Is that what we're talking about? Well, yeah, so sometimes even the National Enquirer, not, not that I'm saying he published his articles in the National Enquirer, but... Even but what National I'm Enquirer, saying is if he, if he published them in non-reputable sources, but it's the truth. See, what we need to do is analyze if it's the truth or not, yeah. not who's willing to publish it. And if one group is not willing to publish a truth, but another one is, which one becomes reputable in that instance? That's all I'm getting at. Exactly. And it sounds bogus on its face because he did say that for, for the longest time they wouldn't tell him why he was being released, although it was in his contract that if he were ever to be forced out that they would have to give him an explanation as to why. And, and they delayed that and delayed that until they finally said, well, this is the reason why. And that, that's from his own mouth. So this is not, you know, secondhand or, or hearsay. But anyway, yeah, he, so Thermite, he... And this guy has doesn't have a political axe to grind or a political bone in his body. If you listen to him, he's just a very mild-mannered, uh, loving individual. He served um, in a leadership role in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Just a really good guy. I've met him personally, and he's just a very soft, um, mild-mannered type of person. So he and he didn't believe he believed the government story for for the first four years until somebody prompted him to do the investigation because after all he is a physicist and he understands uh, things like thermite and how to to find traces of thermite in the debris of the twin towers and he did and in in fact he did find thermite 
which shouldn't be there unless there were thermite explosives uh, used to take down the building. And I've got seven um, pieces of evidence that support this theory that thermite was used to bring down the Twin Towers. And we'll get to that after the break. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live, 9-11 coverage, the 20-year, they call it an anniversary, the 20 years since the false flag, ladies and gentlemen. We're documenting the inconsistencies on your radio. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. As America somberly remembers 9-11 this weekend, Vice President Mike Pence on Fox News Friday weighs in on the current administration's Afghanistan withdrawal failure. Uh, it dishonored the memory of all of those who served and sacrificed defending our freedom over the last 20 years. Uh, and it also set aside uh, the deal that President Trump and our administration had negotiated with the Taliban. Remember, I was in the Oval Office when the president spoke to Mullah Baradar right after we did the deal. And he said to him, we all want to end the violence, but, you, but you're not going to harm any Americans, you're not going to become a haven for terrorists, and you're going to work with the Afghan government. Or the president said, if, if you break the deal, we're going to hit you harder than we have ever hit you before. And you mm. could tell from the tone on the other end of the call, then Mullah Baradar knew he meant business. USA Radio News. Nielsen says more than 30 million Americans are now tuning in to Newsmax TV. It's one of the biggest media stories. Newsmax is available on all major cable systems. And if you cut the cord and don't get cable, you can still get Newsmax. Find it on your smart TVs like Samsung, LG, and more. Just go to your smart TV channel guide or download the free Newsmax app. Newsmax also streams free on Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Amazon Fire, or TiVo. And 7 million people have the Newsmax app on their smartphone. It takes seconds to download it on your phone, and there's no paywall or subscription. So watch Newsmax for breaking news anytime, anywhere. President Trump says Newsmax is really good, and Forbes calls Newsmax a news powerhouse. Find out why tens of millions of Americans are watching Newsmax TV and going to Newsmax.com for breaking news. It's a source you can trust. Newsmax is real news for real people. With President Biden's open border policy and the masses from South and Central America pouring into the United States, the million or so illegal immigrants, many unchecked, are bringing COVID-19 to our population. How many cannot be answered as the government does not know. Now that Biden is making vaccinations mandatory to sections of our community, Republicans are going to bat for those who have health issues with vaccines and others who choose not to vaccinate. Dan Naraki reports. The Republican National Committee says it will sue the Biden administration over the COVID vaccine mandates that the president announced on Thursday. In a statement, RNC Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel called the mandate unconstitutional and said that the RNC would sue when it goes into effect to protect Americans and their liberties. The president announced Thursday that all federal workers and contractors would be required to get vaccinated, along with new rules from the Department of Labor that would require employers with more than 100 employees to mandate vaccinations or perform weekly testing. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News.
All right, back to live, ladies and gentlemen. NORAD jets not scrambled. You got to wonder why, ladies and gentlemen. WTC buildings were taken down with thermite explosives. Stephen Jones gave up his whole career to document that reality for us. The buildings falling at near freefall speed, inconsistent with the pancaking theory. That's a big concern. How did that happen? Eyewitnesses hearing multiple explosions. Columbian University, Lamont Doverty, I think is how you say it. They have an earth observatory that, you know, tracks earthquakes. They had shockwaves at different times, two of them. One at 9.59 and 10.28. How did they get two of those? Two planes take down three buildings. This stuff doesn't make sense, folks. How did Building 7 collapse at near freefall speed with only a few isolated fires, folks? That doesn't make any sense, Chris. Uh, in uh, Building 7 is only mentioned in passing in the 9-11 report, by the way. You would think that there would be pages and pages on this, this uh, phenomenon that's never occurred in the history of mankind. I mean, we've had steel-framed buildings since about 100 years ago that we started building buildings out of... Uh, I-beams, but there's there's no mention of this extreme. In fact, NIST and FEMA and uh, a Senate committee, they, they all three of them did investigations on Building 7, and they came up with nothing, Sam. I mean, they don't have any explanation except the fires, which everybody knows, 3,000-plus architects and engineers on uh, uh, AE911truth.org say is inconsistent with the laws of physics. And we, you, if anybody wants more information on um, the architects and engineers' perspective on 9-11, you can go to ae911truth.org. That's a good place to go. Anyway, going back to the uh, thermite theory, which is, to me, more than a theory. It's, prob it's a probability because of all the evidence. So number one, debris from the Twin Towers was found up to 600 feet from their origin, Sam. How did that material get projected two football fields away from its source without there being um, thermite explosive or any type of explosives involved? So that's evidence number one. Number two, there are actual visual evidence of squibs. You know what a squib is, Sam? When, there, when you have um, controlled demolition, demolition, you always have squibs of smoke and debris uh, being projected from the building that you're taking down. And I've seen uh, the, the film footage that shows these squibs. And in some cases, there's actual molten metal squibs where you see molten metal flying out from the building. Uh, and there's that. Number three, the buildings fall at near free fall speed, inconsistent with the pancaking theory. Molten metal found in the debris up to five weeks after the collapse. And I've seen photographs of this as well, Sam. Molten metal, it, it, it requires a temperature of 2,770 degrees Fahrenheit to, to melt steel. Uh, typical hydrocarbon fires, which would be consistent with the fires in the uh, World Trade Center buildings, cannot melt steel. Uh, in fact, according to the smoke, there was black smoke which indicates a very weak fire. That means it's starved of oxygen and you've got a lot of impurities in the smoke. Uh, that's more consistent with a fire that would be around 1,200 to 1,300 degrees, about 1,400 degrees less than would be required 
to even weaken steel. Anyway, so that, and let me go, there's three more here. Eyewitnesses hearing explosions, like you mentioned, Sam, massive amounts of concrete dust. So people don't talk about the dust. That's indicative, Sam, of a tremendous amount of force and energy being consumed. Okay? Not consistent with the pancake theory. And number seven, Columbia University's Lamont. We already talked about that, so I'll just go ahead and skip that. There's all this physical evidence is undeniable. The laws of physics, you know, are not debatable, Sam. <laughs> you know, they're fixed, and uh, they don't change over time, the 9-11 report notwithstanding. Um, so that's, that's the evidence of thermite explosives being planted, and plus the fact that... Um, Stephen Jones found uh, residue of thermite in the debris. I mean, that, that should be sufficient, you know, to, to, at least, uh, to, to at least warrant another investigation. And if you want to honor the victims of 9-11, let's do this. Let's find out what really happened. That's the way to honor the victims of 9-11. Okay, where do we want to go now? Well, let's talk, talk a little bit about this. Let's talk a little bit about this for a second. Um, you know, when it comes to 9-11, there's a lot of disinformation out there I might be very clear about. There's a lot of people that believe a lot of things that we don't really have a lot of evidence for. All right? So one of the things that we do is stick with what we uh, really understand to be true inconsistencies. I don't know exactly what happened on 9-11. The reason that I say that the Saudi Arabian government was heavily involved in it is because that's what the 9-11 truth families have been trying to battle for for years for that information to come out and to declassify documents relating to that. But Ron Paul, who was in Congress, literally came out and said, hey, Saudi Arabia is directly responsible for this. Let's get to the truth on this back in the day. And I think he was on committees and had some information uh, and then when the uh, families are pushing for that as well, you kind of start to say, okay, well, there's something to this. Um, but when you have two planes taking down three buildings, that's a big concern, too. I don't understand how that makes sense. No, okay? those, uh, that's really yeah, critical because when do, buildings, when do buildings literally completely get demolished that have never been hit by a plane at all? And if there was no other evidence to suggest that the 9-11 report is bogus, that should be sufficient right there in and of itself because that presents um, a, a clear violation of the law of, of physics. And they, it, should, it should have been a scientific, which NIST apparently was supposed to do. But NIST itself admitted, we, we don't know, up, including to um, today, they, they admit that they don't know what caused Building 7 to collapse. But people don't care about the facts. They don't care about, uh, even though over 3,000, if you go to ae911truth.org, 3,000 architects and engineers basically state there's no, there's only one explanation of how these buildings could have come down at free fall speed into their own footprint, um, and that would be through controlled demolition. Yet w the government won't even entertain that. They'll look at, they'll, they'll call you a, a conspiracy nut. You know, but the, the, the problem with it, Sam, is the media uh, is in cahoots with the government. The media is going along with the fact that this, this could happen in defiance of the laws of physics, and the American public need to accept that, or we're just a bunch of irrational uh, conspiracy nuts. And I, <laughs> I know what I saw. If you just, even by looking at it, in fact, my wife the other day, 
we were watching um, a documentary on TV because, you know, since we're on the eve of the 20th anniversary, they're, they're running a lot of documentaries. And my wife looked at it, and she'd really never even thought about 9-11 before. And she said, wow, it looks like they, they took that down with uh, controlled demolition. I said, yeah, <laughs> you know, after 20 years. Um, and, you know, even she instinctively knew that something about the government story was inconsistent with the facts and the laws of physics. Anyway, there's a lot more. Do you want to talk about the president well, uh, leaps? I'll, I want to talk about the president and his response. The bottom line is the president found out about it, and the timing and the details in his response is very curious, uh, to say the least. Chris? Yeah, he's supposed to be the leader of the free world, but uh, it looks as if uh, Dick Cheney, who was actually in the basement bunker of the White House, was uh, was taking control on that day. In fact, I believe that... They had planned this so that the president wouldn't even be in Washington, D.C. at the time. He was down in Sarasota, Florida, reading a book called My Pet Goat to a group of, I think, sixth graders in that elementary school. You know, how convenient. But you would think after he received news, so it would have been um, 848 when George W. Bush's Secret Service officer, Barry Zwicker, received the word of the first plane striking in the North Tower. Uh, you would assume, it, it, there's no clarity on this, you would assume that he would have conveyed that fact to the president. And they were on the way to the school at this time. Twelve minutes later, the president's motorcade arrived at the Sarasota, Florida Elementary School where the president was scheduled to read a book to the children. According to the AP, when the president arrived at the school, he told the principal that, quote, a commercial plane has hit the World Trade Center and we're going to go ahead and do the reading thing anyway. Okay, so he was probably told by somebody high up in his secret service that this was something that was being handled by the vice president and don't worry about it, just play cool. But it, the president of the United States, you know, you would think that he would leap into action and say, sorry, kids, I'd like to read this book to you, but there are more important things that the president of the United States has to do, like protect our country from uh, terrorists who are flying planes into the Twin Towers. <laughs> he didn't. He read the book, and that ended at 9.16, and we'll continue on the other side of the break. Why did the president behave so strangely and nonchalant? Did he not believe it? Was he not given the right information? Did he know that it was going to happen so it's like no big deal? We don't know these things. What we know is the behavior is bizarre. You're listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Abby Johnson was once director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan, Texas. After a moral crisis, she quit, and now she campaigns against what she once endorsed. They implement abortion quotas in all of their clinics. What do you mean quotas? You have to perform a certain number of abortions every month. Um, one of the reasons that I left... Are they explicit about that? Yes. It's, it's in your budget, right there on the line item. Uh, one of the reasons I left Planned Parenthood was because uh, in a budget meeting I was told to double that abortion quota. And for me, as someone who had spoken to the media and had said, you know, we're about reducing the number of abortions, we're about, you right. know, prevention, all of these other services, I was shocked. So since this. you actually worked at a Planned Parenthood, give us some sense of the relative number of abortions. Okay, abortions, Planned Parenthood provides over 330,000 abortions a year. They are the largest single abortion provider in our country. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? 
Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, Chris Carlson with me, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to speed this up. We're almost out of time, ladies and gentlemen. But look, two planes take down three buildings. George Bush reading a book to little sixth graders in Florida. Dick Cheney and Condoleezza Rice literally in the White House basement bunker managing the situation. Uh, and the timelines don't match with Dick Cheney's reality statements and the real timeline of the 9-11 situation. That has not been dealt with either. But why is the president acting so nonchalant? Um, why is Dick Cheney in control with Condoleezza Rice in this bunker? And the president then after his casual behavior is just whisked off to unknown locations? Now, I get that. They're saying we got to protect the president. But at the same time, uh, why put Dick Cheney involved? Why not? marry up the timelines and create accountability here. Why are we not taking care of business? And that's kind of the real question about this. Why the, why the timelines that don't match? After 9-11, why did we not secure our southern border? Okay, you got a lot of questions to ask about 9-11. We can't really even scratch the surface. Uh, there was training exercises going on that day. There was, I mean, there's all kinds of uh, intentional confusion about this. The bottom line, though, is sadly with 9-11 false flag, we'll never get to the bottom of exactly what really happened, Chris. No, we don't. And this is the problem. I, I don't blame the deep state so much as the American people. And here we go again talking about the getaway drivers. So the American people in this situation, Sam, uh, played the role of the getaway driver. They let the deep state get away with this fraud that resulted in not only the deaths of almost 3,000 people on the day of 9-11, but then we added insult to injury, and we went over to a country, Iraq, well, two countries, Afghanistan and Iraq, and we allowed not only Americans, but innocent civilians who were just protecting their homeland to die for no reason except to perpetuate the lie that 9-11 was perpetrated by a bunch of Muslims apparently living in a cave in Afghanistan. I mean, that whole story that the deep state concocted is full of holes as well. And we just, and, um, and now we're leaving Afghanistan Stan, after 20 years of basically having accomplished very little except keeping a very precarious house of cards uh, erect. And now that we leave, in a way that's completely and totally inconsistent with military procedures. And we, another 
I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of people have unnecessarily lost their lives. It's just we add insult to injury on a consistent and ongoing basis, and the American people do nothing about it, Sam. We, we continue to vote. For well, and when you say the American people do nothing about it, I'm not sure what the American people can do about it is the problem, right? Can I suggest that we quit voting for Republicans and Democrats? It's clear and obvious that they are controlled by the deep state. Vote third party for a change, Sam, please. Vote and I agree with that. <laughs> but then what happens is you get the big naysayers who will go, ah, third parties don't have a chance to win. Therefore, you're just throwing away your vote. See, people believe in all these lies. People stay in the matrix because they don't know where to go and they don't see a way out. So let's talk a little bit about mass psychosis before the hour ends, because I believe this is how 9-11 happens, this false flag, and we really don't catch on to the truth and do anything about it. Uh, this is how uh, we wonder how on earth did the Germans let that happen to their country, and now we're seeing it with forced jabs mandated by Biden. He's a criminal. He's in the wrong branch of government to make law, but he just did it yesterday. <clears throat> now you're literally going to have forced vaccinations mandated even in the private sector by Joe as if he has some authority to do that he's a criminal and he needs to be arrested over this but again same thing as how did this happen in Germany how do we have these false flags and nobody calls a halt to the con game I believe it's this principle um, of this mass psychosis that's really at the at the core of the discussion Chris I agree and there's an article written by Joseph um, Mercola. He's actually one of the doctors who's had to eliminate all of his content from his website because of fear of lawsuits, because he was he was exposing the fraud of the COVID-19 pandemic. Anyway, he wrote an article. This is um, this is in LouRockwell.com where he's quoting um, a psychologist, S.G. Chia, and, and S.G. Chia. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. And in Evy magazine said, instead of facing reality, the delusional person would rather live in their own world of make-believe. But in order to keep faking reality, they'll have to make sure that everyone else around them also pretends to live in their imaginary world. Does that sound familiar? Yes. In simpler words, the delusional person rejects reality. And in this rejection of reality, others have to play along with how they view the world. Otherwise, their world will not make sense to them. It's why the delusional person will get angry when they face someone who doesn't conform to their worldview. And that says it all. We're, we're living that reality. And I've, I've used the joke where the guy loses, you remember this, Sam, uh, the guy loses his ring in the park and he keeps looking and looking and pretty soon night falls. And instead of continuing going and get a flashlight and continuing to look where he lost the ring, he will go out to the street lamp and look under the street lamp, not because he knows he's gonna find the ring there, but because it's more convenient under the light. And human nature is that way. We know that we're not gonna find answers by believing the mainstream media, Sam, or believing the government's concocted stories, but it's more convenient to go along to get along. And that's what we're talking about here, mass psychosis. As long as the majority believes what you believe, you feel safe and comfortable. But as for me, I do not. I would rather believe the truth than a uh, an inconvenient truth than a convenient lie. But unfortunately, that's not uh, the case today. Well, and that's always been the very few in history who have bucked 
the trend. Let's document this um, mass psychosis a little further. This mass psychosis, when something can't be explained, when something doesn't make sense, what people try to do is make sense of it. And that's why you had the, what, Nuremberg witch trials? You know, women that just seemed odd or whatever else, or witches, and and so literally we're going to burn them at the stake or whatever. Back in the day when, you know, Christians tried to tell the truth on Christianity and speak out and say, wait a minute, when people stood up for their right, you had mass murder. Okay, same thing with in the days of Jesus Christ, the lepers. You know, hey, let's just banish them from society. Let's just get crazy. Now we have the same psychosis. We're treating the non-vaccinated as lepers, right? We got this mass psychosis going on. Instead of facing reality, the delusional, you say person, but I would say society, would rather live in their world of make-believe than rather just call it as they see it, regardless of the truth uh, of the matter. And we see this over and over and over. And you would think with all our modern technology and all our capabilities and all of our learning, we could jettison this phenomenon. But it looks like it rings true throughout history, Chris. You would think since the advent of the Internet, Sam, that we would be the most intelligent and enlightened people in the history of the world. I mean, we literally have access to to volumes and volumes of, of books, you know, from time immemorial, but we seem to be going the opposite direction with that. And I think it's because the Internet is being used to dumb us down. And you got to give it to the deep state. They're doing a very effective job of that. And... Um, I remember when um, Philo T. Farnsworth, you know who Philo T. Farnsworth is, Sam, right? He did it in the television. And the day he right? died, he, he bemoaned the fact that he thought that his TV would be used as an educational tool. And he bemoaned the fact that it had turned into an instrument of entertainment and manipulation of the American mind. And, and he was right. And the poor guy died, you know, thinking that he had failed. <laughs> well... Uh, not all of us are just going blindly along with the government and the media's concocted uh, narratives about pandemics and um, attacks on on the twin twin towers, Sam. Sam. And there, and I talk. I don't know if we got time. Um, they did a couple of experiments. One in the 1960s, and then one in the 1950s. Do you want to go into that? The Milgram experiments. And yeah, you got to hurry though. You're running out of time, buddy. Okay. Don't so don't the, debate okay. if you want to do it. Just do it. It's on the list. Let's it. go. Let's You're gonna waste it. about okay. five minutes wondering if you should do it, right? <laughs> Sorry, buddy. The go. famous Milgram, the famous Milgram experiments conducted at Yale University in 1961 demonstrate how easy it is to convince people to form acts that are offensive to conscience under the color of obeying legitimate authority. The man conducting this experiment wore a white lab coat and held a clipboard. This simple image, a lab coat and a clipboard, instilled in the minds of the participants, administering shock treatments to a subject, an actor who was purposely giving uh, wrong answers to questions to elicit progressively stronger fake electric shocks, the illusion of authority and legitimacy. And as I think about that image, I think about Dr. Tony Fauci wearing that lab coat and being cool and calm and collective and all of his credentials and people just blindly following him, thinking that he, since he's in authority and since he's on TV and all bright lights and, um, you know, the surroundings make him look legitimate. And he's not. He is a, a modern 
snake oil salesman. Okay, and that that is an appeal to uh, pretended authority. Now let's talk about peer pressure. A decade before the Milgram experiment, Solomon Ash performed his famous Ash experiments at Swarthmore College. Instead of demonstrating how vulnerable people can be to the commands of a supposed authoritative figure, the Ash experiments demonstrated how vulnerable people can be to peer pressure, Sam. The results of these experiments showed that about 36% of the experimental subjects would purposefully give wrong answers to easy questions when pressured to do so by their peers. Again, a detailed description, and I, I give the, the link to the website where you can find out more information. So the ASH experiments, they, what they basically did is they showed three lines, and they say, which line is the shortest? And the subject would, you know, w absent peer pressure, they would pick the shortest line. But when they found themselves in a group of people who were consistently picking the longest line when asked to choose the shortest line, the subject would would simply go along with what the, the majority of the, their peers were, were choosing, which was clearly wrong, but in order to avoid embarrassment, they chose the wrong answer anyway. It is that mass was... psychosis at the helm. And let me give you another example. The Tuskegee syphilis experiment in 1932. Believe it or not, the U.S. Public Health Service began conducting a study on the African-American men of Macon County, Alabama. Anyway, the bottom line is they literally gave these men syphilis. Okay, and who would conduct an experiment like that? Your government. They got caught. Who would carry out an experiment? Those under peer pressure experiencing mass psychosis. Ladies and gentlemen, the problem is it's happening in our day right now with COVID. It's been happening in our day by dismissing 9-11 or some of the other criminal acts of vote fraud. Or we could go on and on and on. But the only way we can explain how we're led down this primrose path is the experiment of Germany. How do they get in their situation, we always wonder. The answer, mass psychosis. The answer, peer pressure. The answer, deception on a mass scale where most say, I just don't want to deal with it. Can I just go on with my life, please? And as long as bread and circus continue, that will be the case. Pray hard, ladies and gentlemen. Turn to God Almighty. God save the republic. Thanks, Chris. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk, radio Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for September the 10th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled, we're taking America back. One heart, one mind, one issue at a time Friday in the traditions of our founding fathers. we got a lot to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. First hour, Chris Carlson, we talked about 9-11. Some are commemorating 20 years since September 11, 2001. We're asking some hardcore questions. Why were the NORAD jets not scrambled, huh? 
Why were the WTC buildings taken down by thermite explosives documented by physics professors who gave up their careers to stand on that truth? But yet the government won't admit or discuss or even research the details of the evidence found. How do the buildings fall at free fall speed? You know what? Inconsistent with the pancaking theory. How does that all go down? Eyewitnesses hearing multiple explosions. Columbian University documenting um, seismic shockwaves at different times. How? Why? What? Two planes take down three buildings. Dick Cheney and Condoleezza Rice managing the situation in the White House basement bunker while the president's reading books to children. What the heck's going on? After 9-11, why did we not secure our southern border? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, what about the lying testimony from CNN correspondent Jamie McIntyre. All right, Jamie McIntyre, ladies and gentlemen, was on the scene minutes after it all happened. And he said, hey, there's no big planes here. I don't see a fuselage. I don't see anything like that at all. Then later, a couple of years later, he was on Kira Phillips, CNN again. And he lied and he said, oh, I saw the fuselage, I saw this, I did this, I did that. His testimony, absolutely 180 degrees inconsistent. What's up with that? We go on and on with the confusion, the manipulation, and the false flag called 9-11. Dr. Bradley, welcome. And on that note, what do you have to say for 20 years later? Well, thanks for having me on again. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity. And, and you have certainly pointed out some huge gaping holes in the whole narrative on this thing, the script that has been played. I, I try and get a hold of documentation of, uh, you know, official reviews of this and that, the other, whatever, you know, the, the Warren Commission report on the Kennedy assassination, for example. And uh, certainly this 9-11 report, I keep them on my credenza right in back of me all the time. It's a good reminder to me that if their lips are moving, they're lying. Virtually everything that's written in those reports is a cover-up. It's a uh, facade. It's facilitating a uh, storyline that has dramatically changed America. Um, I think I've told you before that here back on uh, 2010, the ninth anniversary of 9-11, I did a three-hour monologue uh, uh, about uh, what has been taken from us in the previous nine years. Well, in the ensuing 11 years, we have, you know, you talk about the buildings doing free fall into the ground and completely anomaly uh, in terms of anything except for a planned detonation, a controlled demolition that was pre-planned. took weeks, weeks, literally, to get the charges put into place. The steel structure that was holding the building up, it, it needed over 700 of its integral structural support system cut at the right moment to have that happen. I mean, it's like this is complete nothing that has happened. Nothing that we've been told, I believe, is is uh, anything close to the truth. And, and if that's the fact, if there's that many lies being told, there has to be a purpose behind it. And, of course, as we look at so many things, and I'm not sure we really have a full grasp of the full purpose. I think 9-11 could somehow be tied into this COVID bizarre f false pandemic thing. 
uh, in preparation for the people being completely led as sheep to the slaughter. And um, uh, again, the Fourth Amendment's completely gone. I mean, th it is gone. There is no Fourth Amendment left for America. And uh, and by the way, it's it's uh, I, you know you say it's gone. Well, how can it get worse? Well, they're now they're stacking the deck even further against us. You know, with digital driver licenses and and apps that you'll have to put on your phone for tracking and tracing. I mean, Orwell missed it by a few years, but 1984 reflects an awful lot. His his draconian society, his dystopian society, his dreary society. I can't hardly stand to read that book, by the way, but occasionally it bears rereading to think the pathway we're on. And, and it seems very apparent to me that he, he if he, choose, he, he chose the, the year 1984 for the implementation, but 2021, uh, 2020, uh, 2001, I mean, all of these are watershed years. And, and in fact, I know you're going to probably want to talk about some of the absolutely unconstitutional uh, seizures of power that happened um, in uh, the Joe Biden days, but uh, happened yesterday. But, you know, I, I, I think about in my life, there are some watershed years that, that are days and, you know, calendars. If I think about, you know, the 22nd of November, 1963, I know exactly where I was and what I was doing when I got received word that JFK is assassinated. May 1st, 1970. I know right where I was uh, when Nixon invaded Cambodia. Uh, uh, May, no, it was August 8th, 1974, when Nixon resigned. I can picture the exact same I was in when he resigned. Uh, you think about um, September 11th, 1990, another September 11th, when George Bush said, we're ready to implement the New World Order. I know exactly where I was. September, uh, January 17th, 1991, when we did the shock and awe release on Saddam, uh, exactly where I was. And, and you know what? The September 11th, 2001, Trade Towers things. All of these things, if you will, are such a hinge point in my mind for what's happened in America that I, I, I can't help but wonder if uh, the 9th of uh, September 2001 will not become one of those because of what has, you know, the, the, the Biden over, it's not overreach, it's tyranny, bold face. It's not just a, a scoop shovel of something or a cup of this or a cup of that. This is full-on dump truck loads of tyranny. And Americans have got to wake up. This is, this has gone too far. And if we roll over on this one, there, I don't know if there's ever a coming back. So well, and America this is the interesting thing <clears throat> I've mentioned over the last several days that, you know, what, rogue agents in our government have literally declared war on we the people. Yes. And that's a very hard statement to make and a very bitter pill to swallow. There's no doubt about it. But you know what? You can not come to any other conclusions. When you take 9-11, <clears throat> it was a bad enough assault. But who done it? We'll never know in, in, in factual details that are that are that's common knowledge. You know, people like me might believe we have a handle on this and that we may be right on most points and you know ron paul documented that saudi arabia was heavily involved etc uh, etc et we may get some pay dirt on it but we're not going to get the whole story we're well, not going to get the will expose it the, the yes. shouting from the rooftops thing that will happen there will yes, be it will. a full disclosure whether it happens in our time frame or whether it happens you know uh, time will tell when how 
where, but it will sure. happen. Agreed. Uh, anyway, but the, the point that I'm getting at on this, ladies and gentlemen, is, you know, when they had the 9-11 happen, it was bad enough. But then they literally used that to go in Afghanistan for 20 years, unconstitutional, immoral, unjust wars everywhere. Um, but they also changed America internally with the Patriot Act, creating this lone wolf doctrine. You and I are domestic threats and terrorists and everything else. Um, the Patriot Act, all these different the, the uh, Homeland Security, all these things happened and grew up around us under Republican leadership. Let's be clear. So don't run around and tell me that the Republicans, well, we got to uh, elect Republicans because they'll get our good guys on the courts. Yeah, the ones that wouldn't stand against your health care fiascos, Biden care, Obama care, Romney care, whatever you call it, they don't care. They betrayed us on that. The pro life issue, they've done nothing. To date, it's taken a couple of governors and a couple of states to get it done. But the federal government has betrayed us on that as well when they had control of every ounce of government. The House, the Senate, the White House, the courts. I could go on and on and on. All right, so they changed America internally substantially over the 9-11 scenario. Now they're doing it again under COVID. They're having, uh, in my opinion, these warlike events. And they are literally using mass psychosis against the people. All right. They want to create this world of make believe and then they want to buy the media and by force of government force you into the world of make believe. Anybody who challenges it angers those who are in the mass psychosis. You say, how did Germany fall off the rails? How do they melt down? How do they allow that to happen in their country? Same way we allowed 9-11 to completely change our internal affairs. Same way now we're letting um, uh, COVID or whatever you want to call it. Um, or eventually they'll be using the environment. Same scenario. How do we allow this to happen? I think it's mass psychosis at the helm, ladies and gentlemen. That's what happens when people turn away from God. They get loony as all get out. But now the question is, has Biden finally overplayed his hand with vaccine mandates? Biden announces vaccine mandates for 100-plus million Americans. Governor Christy Nome already saying she's going to put together a lawsuit. Three governors, Ron DeSantis of Florida, Christy Nome of South Dakota, and Greg Abbott of Texas, all three vow to fight vaccine tyranny. Let's get into the details of what Biden did yesterday. Then we'll break it down with Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit ToPreserveTheNation.com to begin that restoration.
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, Sam Bushman and Dr. Scott Bradley on the radio. Freedomsrisingsun.com is website. Check out his weekly webinars, Q&As on the Constitution, and a whole lot more at freedomsrisingsun.com. Calm. So blaming an estimated 80 million unvaccinated Americans, they become the lepers of our society. I'm one of them. <clears throat> yeah. Angry President Joe Biden mandated vaccines, basically blaming it on the 80 million that are not vaccinated. As many as 100 million people will be affected by the new, quote, mandate. Any government entity involvement with your business will facilitate the need, the mass force. In addition, they say Biden signing an executive order affecting seven more million employers. Anybody who's a um, Biden employee, if you will, an executive branch employee or anybody who's a contractor with them will have to be vaccinated as well. The mandate for executive branch workers expands previous mandates that were already in place. At the White House, Biden scolded the unvaccinated. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. And your refusal to take the vaccines have cost all of us. He said, saying the mandate is not about freedom. It's not about personal choice. Biden said a distinct minority of Americans, I don't call 80 million a minority, by the way. I mean, I know you could say it's less than the 300 plus million. Supported by a distinct minority of public officials are undermining the system. Now, the problem with that is Joe Biden is lying about the whole reality here. Okay. But nevertheless, Biden says we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated coworkers. And anyway, it goes on. But Biden literally creating new law, criminal activity at the highest levels. He claims he's just making a rule. Dr. Bradley, let's break this down, sir. Well, I wish there were time to peel the whole onion. I mean, there is not a shred of authority for the president to do anything that he claims the authority to do in this uh, pronouncement this uh, edict, this godly directive that he's given, that he thinks he's God himself on earth. 
I mean, he is illegitimate. He's unauthorized. He is illegal. I have been saying that for quite some time now. And everything he has done with this, every shred of it, is a lie. Uh, let, let, you know, let's just take the idea of creating a law. He says it's a rule. No, if it's enforced as a law, it is a law. That's number one. Number two, all legislative authority is delegated to the legislature. All the president has the power to do is carry out the, those laws that are passed by the legislature. He cannot create them and call them something else when they're enforced as though they're a law. The issue of, uh, of the legislature creating that so-called law is also unconstitutional. Let's say they got, oh, okay, the president wants this. We're going to pass a law that says all of these things have to happen, the forced vaccinations, the, the, the uh, imposition of rules upon. See, what he's saying is that if you have a business that has over 100 employees, you are now required to bend the knee, kiss the ring, and uh, grovel before the federal government because the, uh, the Department of Labor is now going to direct you to have all 100 of those employees vaccinated. No authority, no authority whatsoever exists for the general government to do anything like, or the state governments or even the local governments to do anything like that. It's the, the purpose of government, according to the Declaration of Independence, is to secure God-given rights. And the fact of the matter is, none of this is allowed in any place in the government at all, anywhere. So so we're in a condition right now when they have just thrown a big lasso when they're taking in all of God-given rights. If and, and think for a moment. I mean, boy, I'm just all over the place, I know. But, but there's hardly time to even take a breath. Because nowadays, if you, oh, if you, take, if, oh, if you take federal dollars for education, oh, by golly, we got you. See, Utah is in a horrid position that way because Utah lives off the, the federal trough in their education. So he's claiming by educational dollars we're buying your acquiescence on this in education. Oh, you take money for Medicare. Oh, you take it for Medicaid. So now we have to acquiesce in our, all of our health care facilities. And, and I, I'm so pleased to hear that there's some governors that are pushing back. Uh, unfortunately, we, our mamby-pamby, spineless governor that we have in Utah that is more interested in going along and getting along will never raise a whimper on this because he is on Biden's little committee that is now trying to figure out how this stuff can be full foisted on the American public. Oh, he's got his ticket to the big to the big game. He's sitting at, at the round table. And, and people need to say, Governor, you are not going to be a shill for this president. But anyway, we get sidetracked there a little bit. Actually, speaking the of roundtable, you and I are the only ones on the true roundtable, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, uh, our, anyway, so okay. here's the here's here's some of the kind of breakdown of this. Joe Biden literally mandating this even into the private sector. Here's what he's saying. Anybody who or any company that has over 100 employees must vaccinate or show proof weekly of a negative COVID test. Now, the problem is there's not good COVID testing. The testing is expensive. The testing is hard to do. Uh, and so if you have over 100 employees and a bunch of them decide not to get vaccinated, um, the problem is you can't even test them all without now hiring some kind of a 20, you know, a full-time testing person or whatever the case may be. I mean, this is draconian, to say the least. President Biden has pushed too far now. 
The problem is, I appreciate Governor Kristi Noem of South Dakota uh, and uh, Ron DeSantis of Florida and uh, Abbott in Texas. I appreciate them. But as long as they're receiving tons of federal government money, they don't have a prayer to fight this, doctor. Well, that, that's the problem. We in, you know, when I was a kid, I don't remember the origins of this. I've used it on your program before, but uh, but it, I think it's, it's an image that you can take and maybe play with it for a while. And, and our, our statement was, if you accept the nickel, you accept the noose. Again, I don't remember why we said it, but think about this. You take their money, they put a noose around your neck, and they'll drag you around on a leash. And, and you think about the transportation funds. You think about the education funds. You think about the medical funds. You think about the, the welfare-type funds, which I'm using the term welfare the way they use it in society today, not the way the American founders did. But all of those things, every single aspect, you look at the police force and all of the, the money they take. You look at universities and the grant money they take. They're, the general government has metastasized because it is bought our acquiescence with our own dollars, for that matter. And, and we are now expected to bend the knee. And they'll say, oh, oh, I guess you don't need those uh, educational funds. Oh, oh, you don't want your roads repaired? Oh, that those grants that were going to go to the universities. Oh, what about those those poor people that need their their uh, paychecks uh, coming from the government every month to be able to buy food or whatever? Oh, what about those that are hospitalized, the elderly in the uh, the uh, rest homes or whatever? Every single aspect of our lives have been uh, completely co-opted by this this scheme of expanded expanding our social welfare state. And, and it is a socialistic kind of program from the get-go. There is nothing constitutionally that allows these. Nothing. Zero. Nada. There is nothing that could be construed. And if you look at the, the Bill of Rights, for example, the Ninth Amendment, it says about us, individuals, if we didn't mention a right and protect it in the Constitution, you still have that right. You still, there's nothing, nothing in this Constitution removes any of the rights you have. You have all of them you had before the Constitution. It doesn't take any. Then the Tenth Amendment, which is very misconstrued by foolish people that have, that have over, that they're uh, s stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. Uh, the Tenth the Amendment says to the, to the general government, if we did not delegate authority to you, you do not have it. And then here's where we make the mistake where it says those things are reserved to the states or the people. Now, the states do not have the authority to create a tyranny. And each state is limited within the bounds that the, the, the general umbrella, if you will, found in the Declaration of Independence that says the purpose of government is to secure God-given rights and the consent of the governed must be obtained in order to be governed. We gave the consent to be governed in, in the format we have when we ratified, let's take Utah, our Utah Constitution. And so we did not give a consent of the, to, to the state of Utah for a governor to create law like the president seems to be trying to do, okay? And, and in fact, the Utah Constitution, number our Article One is basically a reiteration, a restatement of the Bill of Rights. Everything from religion to speech to everything, it says you can't step on these things at all. You know, right to keep and bear arms, everything. And then it goes on to say that if there's a, an emergency that comes up, the emergency continuity clause in the state of Utah says, yeah, we can continue to exist, but nobody can violate the Constitution. 
See, that's the consent we gave as the governed. So those that sit at the head of the government, if you will, in the state of Utah that claim the right for the governor to seize power, and by the way, the Utah Constitution says that only the legislature or the people under certain circumstances may create law. And, and the governor has none. So every single thing that's happening right now is, is based upon a falsehood, an ignorance, if you will, of the people that we don't know. Certainly our legislature has not got the backbone to, to stand up and say over our dead body. And then let's talk about the idea of nullification. If, in fact, anybody thinks they're going to be able to carry this out, states still reserve the right to say over our dead body. The states created the Constitution. The states are the parties to the contract. The general government, that people call it the federal government or the national government, but it is neither. We've talked about this before. We don't need to spend time on that. But the, the, the United States government is a creature of the contract. It was created by the document, the United States Constitution. There is no authority whatsoever for it to act outside those complete parameters that were ironclad. It was a And we'll take contract. a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. You are Here listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzest to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzest if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzest and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzest. Learn more at Linzest.com or call one 800 li Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Let's get more on President Biden's vaccine mandates. Dan Araki reports. President Biden announced a new federal vaccine mandate Thursday that will compel all employers with more than 100 employees to require their employees to get vaccinated against COVID or be tested for the virus at least once a week. Representative Andy Harris says the president's policy completely ignores Americans who already have a level of natural immunity from being infected by the virus. The Maryland Republican tells Newsmax TV that the mandate is nothing more than a governmental overreach. You know, the example would be, you know, if the government decided everybody has to have an appendix, you know, an append appendectomy, remove your appendix. But you said, well, but I've had it removed. And they said, we don't care. We're going to we're going to give you an operation anyway. Why in the world would you want to vaccinate people who had the natural disease and now we know probably have superior immunity? It's because the president says he can force you to do it. That's the reason. He but says you know, he has the authority and power. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. We are USA Radio News. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Bradley on your radio. Freedomsrisingsun.com is website. You mentioned Spencer Cox, and Cox issued a statement regarding the president's vaccine uh, mandate. Here's what Cox says. Getting vaccinated is the single most important thing people can do right now to protect ourselves and our community and reduce the spread of the Delta variant while we support efforts that encourage vaccinations. 
we have serious concerns about the legality of the order. That's all he says on his webpage. That's Spencer Cox, the governor of Utah. Well, shame on him. And Dr. Bradley, I want to take on the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the governor of Utah. The vaccine is not the single most important thing you can do to be safe and to protect our society and to stop the spread of the virus. I don't believe that's true. In fact, the vaccinations and the, and the breakthrough vaccinations and everything else, uh, many experts now are saying that it's probably causing greater spread of Delta variant. And we know that if you get vaccinated, you still can spread the Delta variant. You're still able to you know, spread the virus even if you're vaccinated. They've gone from vaccinations being 95% effective, effective at what? Now they've backed off and they've lowered the bar over and over and over. Now they say, well, if you get sick, it won't be as bad. It won't be as harsh. You probably won't die. So they've now lowered the bar of the vaccines to the point where, hey, any claim will work. Um, But what do you think? And I want to answer this question myself as well. What do you think the best thing we could do to stop the spread, to stop the uh, you know, problem of this Delta variant or whatever else. They say vaccines is the best single thing we can do. I don't agree, Dr. Bradley. You know, it's interesting to me, this f- total facade, I've always called it the Fauci facade for the last year and a half. Uh, we're, we're now, what, 78 weeks? No, yeah, 78 weeks into two weeks to flatten the curve. Nothing that has been said or done on an official level at any time, at any place, has been based upon truth and factual and science. It is absolutely a slapshot, computer model driven kind of thing that is, has not brought any, there, there's been no fruit borne by it. And let's just suppose a, a scenario. Let's say you're vaccinated and I'm not, okay? If in fact it is both safe and effective, first of all, for safety, how can they, they cannot, they cannot say that it is safe. And I'll tell you why. They have not got a track record. They have not done the testing. There's years left in the testing that must needs to be done. If thalidomide is, is something I remember from my youth. It was a, uh, a medication, so-called, it was a poison, that was given to pregnant women that were suffering from uh, morning sickness. Oh yeah, this will take care of it. It took years for them to remove that from the market when they discovered, oh my goodness, you give this to a woman that's pregnant and she's going to have a baby with no legs or no arms. I mean, what a tragedy. But it took years to have that thing be brought. And this, the, the, if you say it's safe, you cannot state that without any evidence. They have just, out of whole cloth, created that terminology. And it's effective. Let's just say you and I are, well, you're vaccinated, I'm not. Let's just say that. I know you're not. But let's say, why does your vaccine protect you unless I get next to you as a potential well, but hold on. Uh, How can the non-vaccinated be a problem for the vaccinated anyway? No, if the vaccine no is safe, then you're okay. And if the vaccine is effective, then you're okay as well. But I can prove to you that the vaccine is not effective. Are you ready? The CDC blatantly admits they don't know how much antibodies you need in your body to be protected. They blatantly admit they don't know what the number is, what the antibody level needs to be in your body to make sure that you're protected. They don't know that number. They blatantly admit that. So my response is, if you don't know what number I need to have, but you say that the vaccines boost my number of antibodies, then my question would be, how do you know that it boosts it enough if you don't know the number? In other words, if you don't have a yardstick, 
How do you know what a yard is, doctor? How dumb am I? But that's really the reality that we're facing that they don't want to admit to. They don't know how much antibodies you need to have in your body to be protected. Therefore, how can they know that they're boosting it enough? They don't know. So to say that it's effective is an absolute blatant scientific lie, Dr. Bradley. Well, and we know absolutely scientifically and by experience that it is not working. I mean, you look at Israel. Israel is a good example of a bad example. A draconian society, socialistic welfare state, complete totalitarianism with a smile on its face, of course. But there's fangs in the smile and an iron fist in the silver in this, in the uh, silk glove. But, but in, in Israel, they have the highest vaccination rate in the world for a whole nation, okay? And, and they're, they're just on their knees begging, please. Of course, they're begging to get under the, out from under the tyranny. But they're doing, they've been doing the second shot. They're planning a third shot. I mean, excuse me, the third shot. Now they're planning a fourth and, and shot. And the reason that they're doing the second shot and the third th- shot is because here's what they're saying. We don't know what the level of antibodies you have to have in your body is to be protected. We just know that if we keep giving you this, we can hopefully boost it, boost it, boost it, boost it. And then maybe we can back into an idea that we can say, well, we believe now with certainty in most cases that this is the, the threshold. That's what they're trying You're to do now. Rap. Over and over and over with their, quote, effective vaccine. Why do we do one? Then we do two. Then we do a booster. Then we do this. Then we do that. Then we. And the truth is they don't even know what the number is, doctor. Can well, anybody dispute the point don't. that I'm making? You're, you're absolutely correct. But, but the deal is that you're a lab rat now, buddy. You and I, uh, all humanity is under the largest experimentation, human experimentation that's ever been carried out. Again, I might note in violation of the Nuremberg Code published in 1947 in response to the, the absolutely vile things that happened during World War II by Nazi doctors against people that uh, that had experiments performed on them but so here we have a uh, you're fully vaccinated no 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 you're not you got to take another vaccine so you're not fully vaccinated now you got to take a booster now you got to take that then a couple months from now they have to take another you're not fully vaccinated take this other one and and it's unending pfizer is now working on and what's the reason you have to take the other one what's the reason they say because they don't work (laughs) you mean because the effectiveness isn't effective uh, that's the that's again we're pointing out the fact that every person that has more than half a brain should be able to see this thing but apparently we don't and and certainly those that lead are expecting everyone to be stupid fools and we are i mean uh, we've demonstrated that over and over and over and over again but but you look at what's happening in in uh, australia we're going there you're locked down solitary confinement but an hour a day the draconian uh, actions of police that patrol the seats. I mean, I, the Australia, I had a brother that spent some years there and a son that spent some years there. These people are, are they're good people. I mean, you know, they're pretty laid back and easy to get along with and they like their freedom and they don't like anybody to bug them. But in the old days, before 1996, they had their firearms ultimately to, to say over our dead body. They took away, they disarmed the people 25 years ago. And, and now we're at a point where they are. Australia was started basically as a penal colony when they couldn't send any more prisoners to the North American continent because of this Revolutionary War thing and our independence and all that kind of stuff. They started sending them to Australia. It was a penal colony. Australia has become a penal colony again 
New Zealand's very similarly operated. Again, these people are just tyrants. And you look at the World Economic Council, for example. They say they're going to reset all the mores, all the values, attitudes, beliefs, and economic stuff of the world based upon COVID. And, and we have ecclesiastical involvement at the highest levels. We have businesses, large businesses involved with those kind of efforts. And sadly, Ladies and gentlemen, believe- the bottom line is COVID's rules in Australia are really a warning to the rest of the world that it doesn't work, that it's draconian and abusive to the point where how on earth did we get here? We're going there at blazing breakneck speed. And anybody who calls this out is, you know, dubbed an enemy of the state. I mean, literally right now, Joe Biden shamed those who are not vaccinating. He's literally now persecuting those who will not take the vax. Think about that. It's persecution. He's blaming all the deaths on you and I. The president of the United States is literally persecuting us, Dr. Bradley. Yes. I mean, think about that for a minute. The president of the United States and many church leaders are now virtually persecuting those who will not take the vaccinations. Well, there's it goes beyond that. In, uh, do we have to take a break? I think yes, we time. do. In a second, it goes beyond that. We'll start right there. Dr. Scott Bradley <laughs> and Sam Bushman. You know what? I I've literally, when they deny people ivermectin, and they know that's a lie, and then they mandate vaccinations, they have become at war with the people, persecuting those who will not take the experimental bio-vaccine. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places 
is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Ladies and gentlemen, persecuting the unvaxxed begins with the President of the United States of America. What a shame this is in the land of the free, ladies and gentlemen. You ask yourself how Germany got where they got? In my view, this is how, Dr. Bradley. Well, you know, there's, I mean, I know we're kind of shotgun blasting this thing in terms of there's a little bit here and a little bit there. I wish we could rifle in on each of these things and fully develop them. But let's just take another issue. This idea of everybody with over 100 employees has to test them weekly. Again, we point out the cost of those tests, not to mention the intrusive nature of a medical procedure being uh, performed on people uh, that the general government has mandated, uh, illegally again we might add, but here's how United Airlines has solved the problem, their problem, because this is going, according to what the president said, to be a $14,000 per violation fine against these companies. Now, I know companies have got 100 employees that, that you know, there's 100 people that are glad to support their families with that, but they are not rocking and rolling in the bazillion dollar range with the owners of it. They're, they love their employees, many of them. They they're concerned to make sure their families are supported. They would go without a paycheck in order to make sure their people got a paycheck. I just know this for a fact. At any rate, so but what United Airlines has done, they said, you know, oh, it's okay. You don't have to get a vaccine. It's, it's good. We're fine with that. We're just going to put you on a furlough. You know, a furlough is a leave of absence, an unpaid leave of absence until you either get the vaccination or we decide that it's safe. All clear, you can come back to work. The COVID has gone away and it's never going to go away. It never going to go. It is going to be there until uh, mortality has ended and, and this, this world has met its, um, its purposes according to God's plan. But the, the fact of the matter is that they're sounding so benevolent. Oh yeah, you, you're still one of our employees. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, but we're not gonna pay you. And we will call you back someday when we decide it's safe. And here's the deal. You can starve to death in that interim. In essence, you, they're, they're, they're putting out a facade also. You're not safe. You're not affected properly. You're not, you're not cared for by the company. They are cutting you loose at the, to a drift in the ocean. But that's how United Airlines is, is having it. So, so that's what's going to happen. The government is going to leverage this and say, oh, it's $14,000 if you don't do this. So everybody's going to have to do these invasive tests and or get the vaccine. And, and so that you know where the pressure is. But in the general government, if you work for the feds, there's no more you can get tested thing. You will be vaccinated or you will lose your job. They're saying, and of course, that's a very poor German accent, but there's, um, they're giving them 75 days. Oh, yeah, we'll work with you. And then we will proceed with our process. Now, I'll just tell you what I would do. If it were me and I was in the middle of any of these things, I would refuse to be vaccinated. And they would proceed through with their program until they terminated me. And then I would sue them for wrongful termination. That's how the approach I would use. They say, well, Bradley, they're going to swat you off like a f miserable fly. But if we had 50 million, 100 million wrongful 
termination Even a suits. million, doctor. But think what this would do. I mean, somebody's going to say to to these tyrants, these complete buffoons that, you know, I keep saying they're illegitimate, they're unauthorized, they're illegal, that are calling these shots. And I put most of our Congress in that, too, and most of our governors in that, too, and most of our state legislatures. So it's not just, you know, a, slant, a slur against the, the president. But, yes, a million, a million lawsuits. But that's what I would do if it were me. Uh, but I think literally if we had 100 million people saying over our dead body, I think that there would have to be some level of recognition that they've overstepped their bounds. Now, I think that's I think that's better than taking to the streets and and um, uh, shooting everybody that got in the. But but there's there's high passion. I'm not recommending violence, but I know there are people that are going to finally say, "We are at the end of our rope. We don't have any other options. It's a bridge too far." So and sadly, something. I agree with their point, although I may not agree with their tactics. Right. Well, that's true, but but here's what Edmund Burke said back in in uh, 1777. Now, people don't, and again, Burke was a friend of the American cause, even though he was in British Parliament. He said, "People crushed by law have no longer hopes, but from power. If law is the enemy, they will be enemies to laws, and those who have much to hope and nothing to lose will always be dangerous." That's what Edmund Hurt, uh, Burke said back in 1777. Look, if if you make the law the enemy of the people, if you take these draconian steps, sooner or later, the most vulnerable will be the first to crack. There will be those that, you know, and they're kind of on the bubble already. A lot of people are. I think a year and a half in solitary confinement for some people has has kind of construed their mind into a way that they're not thinking straight. And if, if the, they create laws that are enemies and it takes away what little hope the people have, sooner or later there will be a response. And I think to some degree in some circles they're probably hoping for that because it will give them an excuse. Now, by the way, uh, let's just take it another step. In Utah, we have stupidly passed a law that says uh, foreigners can, can be police officers. Okay, now, if we have people that are Americans, that have an Americanist perspective, that understand what individual rights are, Second Amendment kind of things, right to worship, and all these kind of things, if we have police officers that have that background, there may be a, it's getting worse, I think, now, because of the, the way we're doing our police. But at any rate, at least some will have this conscience that says we can't overstep. This, I took an oath to the Constitution. Certainly, there are many that feel that way. But let's say we start hiring for foreigners. Let's say we hire a lot of these Afghans that are coming in or Somalis or whomever, illegals coming across our southern border. They do not have an Americanist perspective of individual God-given rights. And so when the order goes out, sweep up all the firearms. It's like, okay, okay, I will follow your orders. That's how the brown shirts went. That's how the crystal night happened in in Germany, when the, they came through and they uh, decimated the Jewish businesses. These kind of things happen when you get people that are willing to follow a mantra that does not have limits and bounds. And so, yeah, we're in a, we're in a bad state, state right now. And I think many people at the head of the government would like to see some pushback that became violent because they would use that for the next step of draconian 
stuff. But and I hope uh, we're wise enough not to fall for it. I hope we use the legal system. I hope we use the autonomy of the private business sector. I hope people that use it, their individual agency and their liberty to literally stand against this tyranny perpetuated by the president of the United States. I believe the president of the United States is persecuting the unvaccinated right now. Blatantly so. He blamed them for this virus, blamed them for the death, blamed them for everything. Uh, and uh, this has got to stop. And he's in the wrong branch of government. He doesn't make law. He has no authority. He should literally be impeached. And then after the impeachment, he should be tried for criminal activity uh, on this front and for deceiving the people uh, in bed with Fauci on these lies about the vaccinations, about their safe, safety and about their effectiveness, while lying about ivermectin's safety and effective track record, etc. But it gets worse, ladies and gentlemen, because understand that the experimental vaccines, the experimental COVID vaccines are bioweapon delivery systems, Dr. Bradley. We cannot avoid this reality either. Again, this is a bold statement to make, but I'm convinced they're bioweapon delivery systems, Dr. Bradley. Well, they set up the whole scenario, and they, they appear to be a devastatingly poisonous threat to the, everyone that takes them, and, and we don't know the full extent of it because it hasn't been fully implemented. But I'll just touch on something perhaps that's related to this. You know, Rand Paul has has uh, had Fauci testify a couple of times before their their committee in the Senate and Fauci lied through his teeth about the uh, the uh, gain of function uh, things that the US government paid for and where we sent that to be done and all this kind of stuff now there's there's overwhelming evidence in my opinion that says that Fauci lied and people are dying because of it uh, that's another little aphorism we can start taking up he has turned over a complaint to the Department of Justice, the Biden Department of Justice, I might parenthetically kind of roll my eyes at, that Fauci should be brought in and tried for lying before Congress. It's a five-year prison sentence if it happens. It'll, it'll never happen because the Biden uh, criminal regime will, will protect him. But that kind of stuff is going on. It, there was absolutely gain-of-function processes going on, paid for by U.S. dollars, illegally that was that Fauci lied said was go, not going on and when in fact it was so at every level we have been lied to and yes there's there's so much that we don't know about what's being injected to these people that I mean will the next generation be able to have children I don't know will there be some kind of autoimmune system things are more inclined to will there be a diminishment in our you know our ability to avoid autism will we have oh here's another one a very strong likelihood of the beyond Guillain Beret expansion, which is, in my opinion, I've been saying this for months, the modern day polio, that is the number one thing that's on the the warning sheets about these things, and and there's a strong likelihood that 40% of the people that get this uh, modern polio because of these things will never regain their function. I mean, heart attacks, strokes. You know, the, these in inflammation of the hearts, particularly in younger people. I just, I say, safe and effective? What are you guys smoking? And, and well, and if you look at the VARS database, that. even their own internal government evidence proves that any vaccine that's had this kind of uh, ill effects and or death tied to it would be pulled off the market and has been in the past over and over and over and over. And somehow this time is different. They can lie and say it's effective and safe, 
We know it's not effective because you got to get one after the other after the other, and they don't even know how many antibodies they need to gain to be effective and safe and protected in the first place. But uh, now the uh, safety issue, every other vaccine in the past has been pulled off the market with a tenth of this kind of carnage in its wake, doctor. One hundredth. Oh, absolutely. And here's another little interesting thing. You've probably seen or heard the commercials on TV that says you may be eligible for a large settlement. You know what? All of those are associated with FDA-approved drugs. I mean, did you have blah, blah, blah for pain? Did you do blah, blah, blah and your kidneys failed? Did you do – all of these are FDA-approved that later on are pulled off the market, and then there's huge settlements. Now, they're not covered or protected by this nonsensical law that Reagan signed back in 86 and these emergency use authorization you know, covers that are given today, these other drugs, you can sue on them when they have bad effects on you. That is withheld completely today by the way we're doing these vaccines. There is not a shred of evidence there's any reason to take these things. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I believe that uh, Biden, Joe Biden, ought to be arrested, though, for his criminal activity. He ought to be impeached and, and tried and arrested for his criminal activity. Any final word, doctor? Yes, the problem we're going to have is we're going to have an eligible president then with uh, our current vice president because she does not qualify constitutionally to do the job. Everything well, about that... this is illegitimate, unauthorized, and illegal. Wow, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. FreedomsRisingSun.com is Dr. Bradley's website. Weekly webinars and more. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word for Dr. Bradley and Sam Bushman. God save the republic. Turning to God is better than vaccines, I'll tell you.